When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Cleveland.com's Tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, good to hear from you again. How you doing, Joe? Uh, doing real well. Uh, got out of that uh, Texas heat and back yeah, home yeah. Uh, this week, and it's been, uh, it, it's been a nice 92 degrees as opposed to 115 out there at the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll wake you up in the morning, won't it? <laughs> right. Well, and the Indians, you know, bats uh, sort of cooled off the beginning of this week uh, against Pittsburgh, but Trevor Bauer seemed to be the cure there uh, coming in, t- uh, throwing seven shutout innings on Wednesday and really sort of, uh, you know, getting the Indians back on track against a good Pittsburgh team. Yeah, just a great outing by Bauer. Um, you know, this was, uh, you know, really a hot Pittsburgh team, the hottest team in baseball. They'd won 11 straight, I think 13 of their last 14. And they were just, uh, they outscored the Indians in the first two, in the first two games, 11 to, I think, one in the first two innings of the first two games. So those games were over like before they began and Bauer came out, shut them down and, uh, you know, just did a great job. And I think there's probably a debate now, Joe, who's the top, uh, who's the number one starter on this staff? Is it Bauer or is it Corey Kluber? You know, that's uh, I think that's, you know, and, and the Indians are very, very fortunate to have two pitchers like that. And a couple guys like Carrasco and, and Clevenger and uh, Bieber behind them. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a luxury to be able to to think about, you know, the possibility of if the playoffs started tomorrow, would you start Trevor Bauer on the road in Boston or Houston, and and be able to bring back Corey Kluber maybe in Game Three for for a game at uh, at Progressive Field. That that that's a a very real possibility. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, with especially with Kluber, you know, he's told reporters he's trying to. Uh, get his mechanics uh, fine-tuned. He's, he's fallen into some bad habits, and uh, maybe because of that sore knee or just because of, uh, you know, how he had to try to pitch around it, now he says the knee is okay, but his, uh, the habits remain. So I think he's going to have to need – he'll probably need a couple, two or three, four more starts to get, uh, to get settled, that providing, you know, he, he's healthy. Uh, just getting back to uh, Bowers' outing yesterday, he he really sort of went to his curveball more uh and 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 was really effective against the the Pittsburgh hitters he he really had them guessing and he even said in his post game you know he, he felt kind of silly when he he resorted to uh throwing a couple of fastballs and and got hit he only got he only gave up two hits but when he did he 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 wasn't commanding the ball as well in the strike zone and really the curveball was what, what saved him uh, on, on Wednesday. Yeah, that's his best pitch, really, Joe. And, you know, he's been able to throw that, I think, since, you know, you know since probably high school for strikes. He feels most comfortable with that pitch. Um, and uh, I think the, uh, the Pirates hitters were so aggressive, so aggressive early in the count. And uh, they really turned around uh, Kluber 
Kluber's, uh, you know, fastball and, and uh, I'm trying to th- who, uh, Cl- Bieber. who Bieber. Yeah. I mean, they really, you know, they caught, they really were swinging early. They were swinging at strikes and, and uh, the, the curveball from Bauer offered a great change of pace, really put him in a position to, uh, you know, dominate a, a very, very hot lineup. And the other uh, big development out of Wednesday's game was the use of the two new additions in the bullpen. Adam Simber came in in the uh, eighth inning after Bauer had given up a leadoff hit. Uh, Simber gave up a single and then got a ground ball double play, which is what he's there for, the, the submarine delivery and the, 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 the high ground ball rate. Uh, he got a ground ball double play, and then Francona went to uh, Brad Hand, the lefty, came out, faced two consecutive lefties in the in the ninth inning. Actually, got the last out of the eighth, and then uh, well, one, two, three, ninth, picked up his first save as an Indian. Yeah, that was uh, you know that's just like they drew it up. I'm sure when they made this trade, when they you know they sent Mejia to uh, San Diego for those two guys. Uh, you know, we see you know kind of an emerging maybe setup guy in. Uh, in Simber, uh, definitely a matchup guy against right-handers. And then you've got Hand coming in, and I think three of the four guys he retired were lefties, so that lineup set up perfectly for him. And I, I, how would you like to be Terry Francona right now? I mean, this guy, he's got to be like a starving man at an all-you-can-eat buffet, you know, when Miller gets back. I mean, who, who's he going to go to? You know, you got Andrew Miller. You've got, uh, you know, you've got Hand. You've got uh, uh, Cody Allen. You've got, uh, you know, Oliver Perez and, and Neil Ramirez who pitched very well for you. You know, you, you've, so he's got a, a vast array of talent to go to. He's got a lot of different options. I think you're going to see him like he did with, uh, with uh, Miller and Allen. I think you'll see him flip-flop uh, closures at times depending on the matchup. And, you know, we, we really don't know about Miller how healthy he's going to be, but we should know by the end of this week if and when he'll be activated, you know, he's going to make some, he's going to uh, go back to back, I think for Akron, or at least throw, you know, a, a bullpen session and then pitch the next day for Akron uh, to simulate, you know, go, go making consecutive uh, appearances and then they'll go from there. But uh, we got the, the update from uh, Tito about Andrew Miller's, uh, you know, status. And, and this was after an outing in uh, in Double A where he gave up a, a couple. I think he was charged with three or four runs. Yeah, uh, four hit, runs. Hit a batter, threw twenty four pitches. Uh, by all accounts, on its face, it was just an ugly outing. But you know there were there were infield singles and and this and that. And and Tito's reaction was sort of you know hey if we get this guy going and rolling over the next two months, nobody's going to care that he gave up. Uh, you know, three, four runs in a double A game in, in late July. And that, that really was sort of the, the pervasive, you know, attitude there. And in, in, in that update was, you know, Hey, this is no big deal. Let's he's, he's healthy. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. That's the key. And, and in, in all rehabs, you know, when a big leaguer goes to the, uh, to the minors for a rehab, he doesn't want to be here. He'd be there. And most of the time, you know, the stats uh, uh, portray that. And uh, as long, like you said, Joe, as long as he's healthy, that's, that's what he's there for. He's there to get healthy. He's there to get his timing down, his work in. And then, uh, you know, then you get to the big leagues and then you turn it back on. But, you know, I don't think results really matter on, on Miller's rehab or really any big leaguer's rehab. They, they just want to make sure that he's healthy. 
He can play, you know, he can post up when they need him, and you, you go from there. All right, another, uh, you know, big league bat that's uh, down in the minors right now for the Indians. Uh, Yandy Diaz made a brief appearance over the weekend in Texas and uh, I believe the first game against Pittsburgh uh, when they got back to Cleveland. Uh, hit 500, hit the hit the snot out of the ball when he was in there. Um, but but he's the first man out uh, when when they needed to activate a, a starter in Shane Bieber for for the the series in Pittsburgh. Where is Yandy Diaz right now in the hierarchy of things in the in the Indians' plans? Is he in the Indians' plans, or or is he uh, you know most likely to be traded at the trade deadline? Uh, in order to get a return on on something, you know, for the for the for the outfield. Yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, I think this is a guy that, you know, obviously can hit hit in the big leagues. I you know, I worry about him because he seems to be a one dimensional hitter. You know, he goes to right field. He hits the hits the ball up the middle. Goes to right field. It seems like you could defense him, uh, and uh, he. They tried to get him to, you know, the launch angle revolution has not uh, reached uh, Yandi yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they, they're trying to get him to turn on the ball more. They think he will, but this guy isn't like 21, 22 years old. This guy's, I think he's 25, 26, around, right around there. So I, I don't know what, he's, what his future is, but he can certainly hit. Um, he would like, you know, I, I'm encouraged that they're giving him some looks at first base. He's playing third base now, mostly in Columbus. Um, but I, you know, I, I wonder why, why bring a guy up for like four games? You know, I, I, that, that, I, that was curious to me. And I don't know if it was a showcase or not, but I, I would certainly think he'd get people's attention, other teams' attention, the way he swings a bat. You know, he's got a big league body. He looks like, uh, oh. you know, <laughs> Mr., Mr. Olympia, you know. So, I, I, you know, so I, I think this is a, a, an interesting guy. I don't think uh, you don't want to. They don't want to make another uh, Jesus Aguilar type mistake on this guy, though. So, you know, and they, but they played him all over the diamond. I don't know where this guy played, Joe. Well, what, what do you think? And and Terry Francona said, you know, they probably did him a disservice last year by moving him around as much as they did. So he said that it's either going to be, uh, you know, first base or third base. He actually, uh, Tito said in Texas that when Yanni first uh, arrived this year, uh, that he said the the coaches down in AAA had, had thought that he was really taking to first base, which I thought was kind of interesting if you've got, you know, Yonder Alonso and, yeah. and Edwin Encarnacion both sort of, you know, locking that position up for the next couple of seasons here, uh, why you would be in – you know, trying to make it. And again, your need is right field. Your need is the outfield right now. It's right. not, uh, it's not first base, but uh, apparently that's where Francona thinks that Yandy's, you know, best suited. So, uh, and Yandy turns 27 in less than two weeks. So. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, this guy's, I mean, I know he played mostly in Cuba and he hasn't had a lot of big, you know, professional time in, in the States, but he is what he might be. This might be what he is right now. And, you know, Francona, you know, definitely said he's not, they don't think he can, he doesn't think he can play right field or left field. So, you know, he's going to have to either DH or play, play a corner infield spot. And as long as this arrangement stays right now, you know, with Kipnis at second and he's not, he's not going to beat Ramirez out. So no. at third base. So, 
it's it's going to be an interesting thing. He might be a trade ship. He he very well could be. Uh, speaking of the outfield, uh, the the trade deadline now uh, coming up on Tuesday, less than a week away, and there are candidates out there, I guess, for 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 trade possibilities. I don't think there's there's one or two that that would be like you know if they could get them, uh, you know, wow guys to to add to the Indians lineup. I, I would think uh, Nicholas Castellanos from yeah. uh, Detroit, if he's a guy who's made available. Uh, he would be uh, just a, a huge impact player just because of the season he's having and their ability to control him the next couple of years after that, beyond that. Uh, he would be one. I think Billy Hamilton from Cincinnati would be a guy who, uh, you know, definitely gives you what you need in terms of base running and uh, defense in the outfield. Uh, just a question of whether he can get on base enough and maybe a change, change of scenery would do that. Uh, the other options, you know, aren't necessarily the, you know, anything that sort of knocks your, knocks your socks off. Uh, Adam Jones is the guy that's most commonly talked about. Right. But, but he's, you know, comes with a $17 million price tag and, or, or part of that, which they're willing to pay. They've shown that they've, they've been willing, you know, with Jay Bruce, they were willing to do it. But is he going to hit enough and – and really, he's he's lost a step in the outfield. And you've already got, uh, you know, an, an aging part-time outfielder in, in Raja Davis. Uh, and the same could be said for Curtis Granderson. He's another guy who they were, right. they were talking about. So, uh, you know, of the options, what do you think is out there? And, and what would you think they would have to give up in order to get one of those, you know, more attractive uh, options yeah. out there and right? You know, I, I like out of all of those guys you, you talked about was is Castellanos, but he's he's a right fielder, right? So right. I, mm-hmm. I guess you know you'd still have to uh, mix and match in center field, but at least you you'd have a right-handed hitter that you could hit, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in the middle of the lineup. And he's you know, like you said, I think he's 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 not a free agent till 2020, so yeah, that that's an attractive guy to me, but. You know, they tried to make a deal with tech, uh, Detroit last year for J.D. Martinez, mm-hmm. but they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't uh, settle on, uh, you know, what, what it was, uh, you know, Detroit really wanted, and he, they, he ended up going to Arizona. I think it's tough for the Indians in their position to make deals in, in the Central right now. They're going right. to get held up by the, by the teams, and rightfully so. I, they don't want this guy – I'm sure they don't want to see Castellanos for the next Detroit doesn't for the next two or three years coming in and, you know, beating the Tigers without, you know, extracting their uh, pound of flesh from the Indians. Right. And it goes both ways there. I mean, you don't want to have Yandy Diaz racking up numbers and, and exactly. uh, Adam Plutko winning ball games against you for the next, you know, <laughs> could be five years for, you know, Plutko. It's, that would be uh, a tough call, but Hey, Here's what makes Castellanos really intriguing to me. He also plays third base. So yeah, in, a right, pinch, right. in a pinch, you know, or in, a, in one of those, you know, late, late moves or whatever, you move him to third, you move uh, Ramirez to second and put Kipnis back in center field. We got the Kipnis center field <laughs> option again, Paul. Everybody's yeah. favorite option. Yeah. You uh, know, there's another guy that, that I was looking at. Leonis Martin from the Tigers, the center mm-hmm. fielder. Martin, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Martin, yeah. Um, I mean, he, maybe he's a you know a guy that you know he's been around. Uh, you know, he played with Texas. I think he played with Seattle, and 
and uh, he he might be a guy that could help. I don't know what kind of center fielder he, he is though. I, I I think he's hit pretty well. He's, he's hit, hit pretty. He's well. hit really well this year, actually. Um, and yeah, he, he's not necessarily he he's not Billy Hamilton, but he's also not Adam Jones. So yeah, you know, he's probably falls somewhere in between the two of those in terms of what you'd be giving up uh, to play center field. Uh, so yeah, there's. What do you think the likelihood that they make some sort of move and that it it comes? you know, anytime before that, that trade deadline, or do they wait until the non-waiver? Because if, if you don't, if don't forget the Indians are sitting about sixth right now on the waiver uh, list, which means they can block any, you know, waiver trades to the top contenders, Houston, Boston, New York. Uh, and they're in pretty good position to, to, you know, sneak one of their sneak a deal by if they have to. Yeah, I, I think I definitely think they're going to do something. You know, I, I, they need to do something. The outfield, you know, is 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 outside of Brantley is too much of a mishmash right now. And I, you know, I've you know, and we saw Francona take a, a very similar outfield uh, to Game Seven of the uh, the World Series in 2016. But I think if they can get a steady influence like a Jay Bruce, hopefully a right-handed hitting Jay Bruce like they did last year, I think that would uh, make things much more smoother in the clubhouse and, and it'd be a much easier to manage for uh, Francona. So I definitely think they'll make a deal. Uh, and I, I think, you know, everyone says it's tough to make deals after, you know, July 31st and, you know, you have to get waivers that adds another layer to the complexity of it. But if you want to make a deal, you can usually make a deal. And I think, you know, so I think before August 31st, we're going to have the Indians are going to have a new new outfielder, somebody either in center field or right field. All right. Uh, as we head towards that August thirty first, or I'm sorry, before that July thirty first deadline, uh, the Indians are going to be getting back into the Central. Uh, they're they're taking on Detroit again this weekend. Uh, they they have Detroit, Minnesota, uh, L.A. comes to town, and then they've got the White Sox. Uh, it's it's a time when they can really get sort of back on track uh, after a, an up and down couple of weeks here coming out of the break. Yeah, definitely. They're back in their weight class. You know, <laughs> what, are they, what are they, 10 and three against Detroit? They're, you know, Minnesota is giving them a run. You know, the, the twins are six and three against them. And uh, I'm looking here, the White Sox and, uh, and the Indians are eight and two against the White Sox. So, you know, this is, this is the you know the, this is where they they kind of make their money here. This is where they put the division away. You know this is where they dominate. And uh, you know it, it, like you said, Joe, it's probably time to make a move here and and just stretch this thing out. But we've been you know we've seen it go what all the lead go all the way to about eleven and a half, but then it always kind of creeps back. You know I would really like to see the, the Twins kind of you know put it together and push this team. And just see what the Indians are capable of doing, because right now I think they know they have this thing won, and you know it's, I, I, I you know, you, you, you to me I, I get a sense of urgency from this team, like every three or four games. I don't get that consistent buzz from a team that is is trying is really wants to play its best every night. You know, it, it you get that from a couple players, but I, you know, I, I just think it's human nature that. You know, when you've got a big lead and the whole division is rebuilding, except for you and maybe the Twins, I, I you know, you you can 
you know, you're not looking over your shoulder every day and you've got to have a, a sense of urgency. You've got to play scared sometimes. And uh, I, I don't feel that from this club. Well, last season through 101 games, the Indians were 56 and 45. This year, they're 55 and 46. So there's still <laughs> so plenty right of time. <laughs> For a 22-game winning streak? <laughs> Plenty of time for a 22-game winning streak and this team to, to flip the switch and, and go on a run. Uh, again, we don't, you don't want to rely on a 22-game winning streak. But Yeah, that's not going to – what, what happened once in 100 years? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, All right, Paul, uh, safe travels to Detroit and Minnesota this week, and we will be in touch to, to get an update next week uh, about this time. Okay, Joe, thanks, buddy.